0: To find out if it's right for you,
1: I went to stay at my aunt's house in Minneapolis about 10 years ago, so one time I was home alone. She had one of those old big Victorian style houses that was never maintained as well as it should be. I slept in on the bedrooms on the south side of the house at the end of a hall. There were two bedrooms, and the doors to the hallway allowed me to see into the other bedroom. Sometime after midnight, I opened my eyes and looked through the open bedroom door across the hall into the other bedroom. There was a young ghostly boy standing there looking at me. I couldn't believe it, so I rubbed my eyes, turned on the lamp, and walked over to the other bedroom. There was a nightstand in the other room covered with a doily that looked surprisingly like a short human figure. I went back to bed and slept. The next morning I went down to the kitchen and had breakfast with my aunt and her husband. How did you sleep last night, she asked. Fine, and I thought I saw a little boy in the other bedroom, but when I turned on the light I saw it was my eyes just playing tricks on me. Her eyes widened and she said, Oh my, you saw little Alex. And then she told me the story of the little boy who had been killed in the basement of her house back in the 1920s. I'm 35 male, and this is a true story that happened to me around age 10. Still makes me feel uneasy. My parents were out, out town, and my brother, who is 5 years older than me, was supposed to be home watching me. Yeah, that didn't happen. So he's out doing God knows what while I'm home alone watching TV in the basement. There are two windows in the living room basement obviously above me. Probably didn't help that I was watching America's Most Wanted and freaking myself out. Suddenly, I hear the gate to the backyard, which is near me in the house open. I think, that's odd, why is my brother coming around the back? This is long before cell phones, by the way, so I can't text him to see what's going on. I see these massive feet, huge boots, slowly walking in the first window closest to me. I immediately feel uneasy. I turn off the TV so I can hear and see better. My heart is pounding. I hear someone move along the side of the backyard, and now I see the same massive feet in the second window. They pause. I am terrified. I wonder if my brother is pranking me, but I'm too scared to be mad, and they seem way too big. The boots keep moving. I don't hear her say anything because I'm frozen with fear. I now hear someone coming down the basement steps towards the basement door next to me. I hear the rattle of the knob, but the door is locked. I hear a pound on the door. I'm so freaked out but lay there silently. A few seconds go by and it's quiet. Then I hear the footsteps go up the stairs. I know this guy is still in the backyard somewhere, but I don't know what to do. I hear the footsteps going up another set of steps toward the upstairs back door. Same thing again. Rattle of the knob and banging. Then the steps coming around the side of the house closest to me. This part is the freakiest. The boots stop at the window closest to me, and I see his knees bend to crouch down and look in the window. I was so scared that I threw my blanket over my whole body, hoping I'd just disappear. It was quiet for some time, and I didn't dare move. I am certain he was looking at me from above, and felt that uncanny feeling of being watched. Moments later I heard the gate shut, and he was gone. I have no idea what would have happened if one of those doors were unlocked. Also, I'm still pissed at my asshole brother for leaving me alone that night. This happened when I male 26 was about 14 or 15. I lived in a ranch-style house in a pretty good neighborhood where nothing crazy ever happened. I was an only child, and both of my parents worked during the weekdays. This took place in the summer where I spent most of the time at home alone. One day, I was in my room playing video games while I was home alone. From my seat in my room, I could see through my window blinds and see the driveway, and if I leaned far enough, the front porch. I heard the doorbell ring, so I looked out the window. I saw a black SUV with ladders on top. No signs or anything on it, just creepy black SUV. There was a guy at the door that kinda looked like a door-to-door salesman of sorts. I figured he would just leave if no one answered the door, so I waited. He started walking back to the SUV, and I started my game back up. A few minutes later, I heard some noises from the other side of the house. I look outside, and the SUV is still there, but the biggest ladder is gone. I run out to the kitchen and slowly look out the window by where I could hear the noises. I could see the ladder leaned up against the house, but not the guy. At that moment, I heard footsteps on the roof right above me. I was terrified. We had skylights in the roof above the living room, and I was worried he would see me through them so I quickly ran to the basement. I tried to call my mom, but she didn't answer. My dad almost never was able to answer his phone at work so I didn't try. When I was down there, my mind was racing, trying to figure out why this guy was on our roof. I thought maybe he rang the bell and since no one appeared to be home, He was trying to get in through the roof or was casing the house for a future robbery. While I was trying to figure out what was going on and what I would do if he got inside, I saw my replica of Gimli's battle axe from Lord of the Rings. I took it off the wall and started to creep up the stairs. As I got to the top, I could hear the footsteps above the living room. I waited at the top of the stairs ready to strike and silently listening. After 10 or 15 minutes, I could hear the noise of the ladder being messed with. After a couple minutes of no noise, I ran to my room and looked through the blinds. I could see him putting the ladder back on the SUV and then getting in and leaving. I tried to call my mom again after he left, and she answered this time and I told her what happened. She was trying to rationalize it, but I could tell she had no idea what had happened and was worried. She came home right away. By the time she got home, she had got a hold of my dad, and he had figured out what was going on. We had a storm a few days before with some hail, and he was from the insurance company checking out our roof for damage. My dad had forgotten to tell either of us he was supposed to come that day, so it turned out to be nothing crazy, but I was terrified during the experience. I had gone into fight or flight, and when I grabbed that axe, I was totally prepared to do some damage if he got inside somehow. The house I lived in was new, but the house that was there before had burnt down. The neighbor property had homemade headstones with just first names like James. The place was on ten acres in the middle of the woods. One night I hear barking, but it wasn't either one of our two dogs. My brother and I came out of our rooms and there was a Doberman Pinscher in front of our parents' room barking at us. We both blinked and looked at each other. We were scared out of our minds. My brother went to his room and the dog disappeared, and naturally my little bro slept in my room that night. The next morning we asked our parents if they heard barking, and they said they didn't hear anything, not even our dogs. I truly can't explain how we both saw the same dog, or how it would have gotten past our dogs and into the house. Another time I was in the yard playing around, and in the trees I saw a Victorian woman in the full gown they used to wear. She was floating halfway up a 100 feet tall tree. That house freaked me out, but the neighbor's property was worse. It had those headstones, but it also had a super small house with no windows at all. The owner came up twice a year. Never stayed long. We called it the murder cabin because it served no purpose, no water, power, nothing. Always weird things happening. Once we moved it was like the air cleared around me. Guess that's just the way it goes when you live in a historical town in the woods where horrible things happened. This incident is tough for me to talk about. I am a 27-year-old male and was living in New Hampshire at the time, in an extremely safe town. I lived alone with my dog Toby during this time and worked 6am to 3pm. Sharing a duplex was new to me and quite different especially when your neighbors were very odd. It was a lady in her 60s and a younger man in his 30s. I believed they were mother or son because they wouldn't speak to me. I has no clue. I tried making small talk, but neither of them said a word. The mother looked beat down with gray hair, and she wore the same blue nightgown every time I saw her. I would see the sun smoking outside wearing the same white wife beater since I moved in seven months prior. It was a summer night in July around 11 p.m., and I let Toby out in the backyard. Now, mind you, I share a backyard with these creeps. Toby was running around and I heard that the neighbor's slide door open. I saw the younger man and his wife Beater walk out onto his deck and gave me a death glare. My heart dropped and began feeling extreme anxiety. I saw him reach in his pocket and pulled out a gun. He pointed it at Toby and fired four times. I screamed louder than I ever have in my life. The man ran inside and closed his door. I began sprinting towards Toby, but he fled into the woods. I immediately called 911 and told them what happened. The police arrived in five minutes and surrounded our duplex. They placed me in the police car and asked me to recount what happened. My dog Toby never barked and was the most behaved puppy, so he had no excuse to shoot him. The cops were outside about 15 minutes until they heard three gunshots. They rushed inside and found the mother and son deceased both by bullet wounds. Come to find later the son had shot his mother twice and committed S with a single shot. Later that night Toby came back and was shot in his back leg. After a couple surgeries he came back brand new. This was the most horrific things I have ever witnessed and am lucky I was never shot. in a farmhouse built in the 1860s, I lived with my parents and grandfather whom we took care of in his late life. One day in my boredom I was poking around in the basement when I found a small wooden plank at floor level, maybe two feet by two feet in measure. It was hidden behind a table and some other sentimental items and I had never seen it before. Out of curiosity I poked around until I found that a seemingly pointless dusty light switch on the wall produced a small but audible click at the sight of the plank when flipped. The plank didn't move in any way, but I found that if I pressed on it slightly, it opened like a covered door. I ran upstairs to grab a flashlight. This was before I had a phone and turned it on to see inside. I saw several things which immediately caught my attention, such as a framed photograph covered in decades of cobwebs and dust which depicted a young military-aged man and a German Stahlhelm-type helmet with a Luger handgun beside it. My first immediate thought was, Oh my God, my grandfather was a Nazi, which was funny in hindsight, since he was born and raised Jewish before my great-grandparents moved from France to the SC, 1921. But it's more strange than that. His uncle and aunt stayed in France and moved to Germany at about the same time, before having a son and moving to the U.S. about six years later. What surprised me most was a letter written and placed under the picture frame dated 1930, which was addressed to my grandfather's aunt and uncle in Illinois, which stated that he had run away and joined the German army. Of great importance moving forward, you should know that my grandfather's cousin had a common last name and didn't appear to fit any stereotypical Jewish features, and he had renounced the Jewish faith. Come to find out that once he fully realized what was actually going on in Germany, he fled the army in the country, but not before a picture of him was taken, and he smuggled his helmet and his commanding officer's pistol back into the US, where he managed to slip into obscurity, appearing only once to get rid of his mistakes by hiding them away inside my grandfather's childhood home beneath the basement. So yeah, this is the highly condensed story of how my grandfather's cousin ran away from home and joined the Nazis, Only to get freaked out and flee to America and hide his things in my home 60 years before I was born.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com/slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: In my teenage years, I lived in a townhome owned by my then stepdad, who freely admitted he thought the place was haunted. He was self-employed as a sound equipment installer and often would come and go during the day, and my mom worked 9-5 at a law firm. It was summer break, but I wasn't driving yet. I spent a lot of time outside, and this was before the time everyone had a cell phone, so I'd often take our cordless home phone outside with me. I went outside one day, and realized I'd forgotten the phone. When I tried to go back inside to get it, the door was locked. Not the handle which I may have written off as something I accidentally did on my way out the deadbolt. The handle freely turned, but the deadbolt was engaged. The deadbolt that requires a key to lock from the outside, which I did not have. I stood there dumbfounded for a few minutes. Nobody else was home, and the only other entrance to the house was a set of sliding doors in the basement that were always locked. What the F just happened? I kept trying to open it like an idiot for a while before finally resigning myself to borrowing the neighbor's phone and calling my stepdad. He was in town, and after asking me if I was sure one thousand times, came by to unlock the door. I'll never forget him saying, yep, the deadbolt was completely thrown. I can't explain that. I spent the rest of the day trying to recreate it, slamming the door over and over trying to get the deadbolt to lock on its own, and it wouldn't happen. 2. Same townhouse. I was now driving and often stayed late after school as I was in theater and had practices. This afternoon I had about 30 minutes between class and practice, and I drove home to get a snack. When I got there, my mom was at work and my stepdad's van was gone, so I assumed he was gone as well. The door was locked. Now when you walk into this home, right in front of you to the left is the kitchen, the right is my bedroom, and the middle has a staircase going downstairs. I unlocked the door, came inside, and turned into the kitchen with my back to the staircase. As I was making a sandwich, I heard someone downstairs. I turned back around and the staircase door was open, stairwell light was on, and someone was clearly downstairs. At the time I thought, wasn't that door closed when I got here? But I also rationalized because my stepdad's van was a cargo van and it wasn't uncommon for someone to borrow it to haul things. So I assumed he was home, his van was borrowed, and I went to the top of the stairs. I stood there, looking down the stairs, eating my sandwich, and I almost said something. It was almost out of my mouth, but something stopped me. I still don't know why I didn't yell Hi Jay down the stairs. Instead I turned around and left, and I left the door unlocked because he was home, right? When I got back from practice my mom was mad at me because Jay said he came home around 5 p.m. to an unlocked house. He had a lot of expensive equipment in the basement. I was always to lock the door. I tried telling her what I'd seen. He was home at four. She said he most definitely was not, and she never did believe me. I lived in a shitty trailer in my early twenties when I was poor with two young kids. It had two bedrooms, which I'd given to the kids, and I slept on the couch in the living room, which was in direct line of sight to the front door. I put the kids to bed around 9pm and I always locked the door. Always. I still to this day clearly remember locking both the handle and deadbolt and checking to make sure it was fully locked before taking a shower. Eventually I fell asleep. I woke up suddenly around 3am on high alert. As my eyes cleared and I started thinking sensibly. I realized I was staring into the street. My front door was wide open. Not like, oh, it's a little open or cracked, or I didn't quite close it all the way and a strong wind came along. It was fully open, like 90 degree angle here. Plus I had a glass storm door that was fully closed and latched, blocking any wind we might have had, which we didn't have anyways. I got up and walked to the door to close it, and that's when I lost my shit. Y'all, the deadbolt was still in the locked position. It was fully turned to lock sticking out into the living room air for God and everyone to see. You ever have those moments where you swear there's ice in your veins? That was it for me. I've never been scared like that in my life. In a closed door, you can't even turn the deadbolt to fully locked, without it being lined up in the door jamb properly. I knew I'd locked that door. And yet here it was, staring me in the face. I didn't sleep without the lights on for a week. Probably my proudest moment as a young adult was the very first time I signed my name on the lease of a home that I was renting out with two of my friends, James and Andrea. The three of us had known each other since we were children, so we had always planned on living together. However, to actually have it happen was very exciting. That excitement quickly faded though, as things in that house started out really strange, and we realized that particular home wasn't one that we could live in. The first night that we moved in was pretty normal for the most part. The only strange thing that happened was right before I went to bed. It was about 12.30 or 1 in the morning at that point. After doing some unpacking, I decided to shower, have a quick snack, and get to bed. As I was showering, I could have sworn I heard a tapping noise coming from the other side of the bathroom wall, which would have been on the outside of the house but I just attributed the noise to a small leak behind the wall that was coming from the pipe leading to the shower, so I didn't pay it any mind. After I was all done in the bathroom, I went into the kitchen to grab a snack, and as I made my way down the hallway, I heard that tapping noise again, as if it was following me. But again, for this to happen, the tapping would have had to come from outside of the house. That time I decided to check it out, so before grabbing a snack, I put my shoes on and ran outside to check around the house to see if there was anything that would be making a tapping noise. Now it was pretty dark outside and the lights we had on our house weren't the brightest so I couldn't see much, but from what I could tell there was no one there. So I went back inside, locked the door, and then finished what I was doing before going to sleep. The next morning I woke up and went into the kitchen for coffee and Andrea surprised me when she asked if I'd heard any weird noises coming from outside last night. I told her that I heard a tapping noise, but what she had heard was totally different. She said that at about three in the morning, there was a guttural howling noise that sounded like it was coming from the woods on the other side of our backyard. We talked with James about the different things we had heard, but he said that he was passed out by the time anything happened and didn't hear a thing and honestly, I think he didn't believe us at first. Sadly, he learned firsthand that either of us was crazy. After work that day, we all decided to finish unpacking together and order pizza to celebrate. When the delivery guy got to the house, he surprised us all when he asked me a very strange question. Have you heard the noises yet? I shook my head in confusion before asking him what he meant by that. Apparently, he was close to the woman who lived in the house before us and he claimed that on her first few nights in the house, she said that there were strange noises coming from the woods. The three of us were shocked by what we were hearing, and James was convinced that we tipped the delivery driver extra to tell the story. That wasn't the case, though, and that night we all heard what we could only assume the old resident had been supposedly hearing. It started at around 11.30 that night, a little earlier than it did on the previous night, But this time, we were all sitting on the couch getting ready to head into our respective rooms when there was that strange tapping noise on the walls. This time it sounded like it was coming from the wall toward the back of the house. James's eyes widened as he realized that I wasn't lying, and there was a chance that Andrea was telling the truth as well. The three of us didn't waste much time deciding that we should go outside and check out the sound. James and Andrea decided to go out the front door, and I told them that I would go out by the side door near the kitchen so that way we could see if anyone tried to run away. And boy, do I wish that was the case. I made it outside around the side of the house before James and Andrea could get there, and I was shocked when I saw what looked like a malnourished, dirt-covered man tapping erratically on the side of our house. As I was about to say something, James and Andrea came around from the other side and alerted the strange man who looked up at them. Once he realized that they were there, he turned to run away, not realizing that I was standing behind him. He stopped in his tracks when he saw me, and that was when it looked like his fear turned to anger. He locked eyes with me and let out a guttural scream that was so loud, I could hardly hear James telling me and Andrea to run as he shoved the man from behind, knocking him to the ground. The three of us ran into the house and locked the doors before calling the police. By the time they came to the house, though, the man was gone. Thankfully, after giving them the description, they knew exactly who to look for. According to the officers, a neighbor that lived a few houses away from ours had an adult son who was in and out of the psych ward on a monthly basis for having psychotic episodes. They suspected that he was experiencing one and went over to their house and found him exactly as we had described, covered in dirt and appearing to be incoherent. Thankfully for us, we had time to back out of our lease before it was finalized and ended up finding a different house to rent together. The house I was living in at the time had a sort of uneasiness to it, I'm not sure how to explain it. Anyway, other than feeling the need to keep the lights on a lot, two specific things stand out. I was in high school at the time, my parents divorced and I'm waiting for my dad to pick me up to go get some dinner one night. The house is on a short private road off of the main road. There are two other houses on this road, mine being the third. Okay, so I'm sitting on the stairs in front of the front door, and I hear what sounds like the siren of distant fire engine. Nothing abnormal there, but it keeps getting louder, and louder to the point where I think, okay, it must be on the main road up the hill. It kept getting louder and louder until I thought the fire truck must be coming down our private road. But I can see the two other houses, neither of which were on fire. Finally, the siren got so loud that I was convinced any second I would see it come over the hill into view on the road in front of my house. It was blaring. So I walked to the front door, open it, and step outside to see it. The second I stepped outside, dead silent. No siren blaring, no engine, not truck silence. My dad didn't believe me and thought it was somewhere else in the neighborhood, but I swear to God this shit went down exactly as I typed it. Second main thing actually happened relatively close to the firetruck thing. Got home from school still in HS, go into the basement, and turn my Xbox on. Now, this basement was not at all creepy on anything except for a small room off to the side, which my dog absolutely refused to ever enter. He would just stand in the door frame. The basement has got a TV setup, couch, pool table. It was chill. Now, this house was built on a hill, so the back side of the house had a sliding door in the basement to the backyard, even though the front side of the house was underground in terms of the basement. Okay, so I get home, play some Xbox, just chill out. Then the window next to the sliding glass door in the basement starts shaking violently. If you take both hands and start smacking a window with your palms as hard as you can, That's exactly what it looked and sounded like. Smack, 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 smack. I watched it for maybe ten seconds before I bolted the F upstairs. I started freaking out because I just knew there was something up with the house and the firetruck shit was still recent. The only thing I could think was that a buddy followed me home and did that shit to scare me. But that makes no sense and there was fresh snow outside that window. Nobody had been standing there. I lived in that house for a while, and again, there was always something off, you could just feel it. I always felt a need to have lights on for comfort, and I'll admit I did my fair share of looking behind me for no reason, but that window shit absolutely messed with me. I legitimately yelled, please stop your scaring me, into an empty house after that window incident.